I hope you guys are excited for this one. Rob Dyrdek really lays it down, and I think you're going to be super surprised with the kind of energy he brings to this podcast. And uh, make sure you've got notes ready to go. I think I had like seven pages when all was said and done. So if you can beat me on that, make sure you screenshot it. But make sure you screenshot this. Tag me and tag at Rob Dyrdek in your Instagram and Facebook stories. Going on, it's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag Boss Lee or the People's Mentor. And today we are going to have a very high level conversation about all kinds of stuff involving entrepreneurship, some balance, some crushing things in your life, just following your path and your dreams. Who knows where this conversation is going to go? Because you are in for a real treat. I met this man actually for the first time a couple years ago at GoPro. He was on stage, and I'll just be honest, Rob Deerdick. I was like, really? Like he's bringing Mr. MTV on stage? Like what? And then you just ripped, like you shredded. I had more notes from you about self-awareness and all kinds of stuff from probably anyone on stage. And I was like, oh, shame on you, Jesse Lee. Shame on you thinking he's just a funny guy who does crazy stuff. Uh, And you, you really impressed me. And then I had the opportunity to work a little bit with your wife and was super impressed with her business skills and just thought, oh gosh, he's really got it going on. Then we hung out at Eric's birthday party or 10 year anniversary. And I just love, I love a lot about you. I love that you really followed the path of your dreams from, you know, small town, Ohio, moved yourself to LA, followed your skateboarding dreams, and then really just blazed your own trail and decided to do what you wanted to do in your life and really create the life of your dreams. And so Rob is amazing at business, but really what gets me and made me want to have him as a guest on the people's mentor is more so he's just in, he prioritizes things that I think so many of us prioritize. And he's showing that you can still have the success you're looking for. He's an incredible husband. He puts his wife above everybody else. And then he's super dad to these two beautiful little Disney babies, Coda and Nala. So uh, I'm glad it's not nap time because I think the two of us would definitely wake them up. Uh, But with no further ado, thank you so much for your time. I'm very excited to connect with you on this podcast and find out more about how we can serve and help people in their entrepreneurship journeys. So thanks for joining me, Rob Dyrdek. How you doing? Thank you so much. Incredible introduction off the top of your head. Well done. Oh, thanks. I like edifying people. It makes them smile. (laughs) So let's talk about this. I I don't know how many people know your journey from... Ohio to LA to what you're doing now to starting businesses you have one of those entrepreneurship brains that I love because you seem to be very similar to me in the sense of you implement you implement you implement you implement you see it you do it you see it you do it can you talk a little bit about that uh from from where it came from with why I'm an executor uh both actually I think would be great well, you know, it's like I was raised by entrepreneur wolves, right? I wasn't, um, you know, I was surrounded by people that started companies when I was 12 or 13 years old. Uh, first with Jimmy George, who owned the skate shop that I would go to all the time and skate the ramp there. Um, and this entire group of guys were all serial entrepreneurs. So I just felt like that was part of my destiny and why even when I became a professional skateboarder, I always looked at myself as a business back then and would track my finances when I was 16 and then ultimately, you know, moved to California and started my first company at 18. And, you know, I think it's just the, the reality of I just happened to be in this outlier experience of growing up around entrepreneurship in a super unique way, considering uh, it being Kettering, Ohio, that laid the foundation for what I would eventually go on to do. So I want to talk a little bit about that then, because I think a lot of people don't understand how important it is to surround yourself with people who are not only uplifting, but then how much people actually influence your decisions, even when you don't necessarily realize it. So being around those serial entrepreneurs, you know, part of your story I know and I remember is uh, with DC shoes or just DC skating in general. Uh, you, I was listening to, uh, God, I don't even know when I listened to it. I feel like it was forever ago, but you were talking about how you realize that if you designed the shoe, you would get commissions on the shoe and then you could get paid even more than just your skating commissions when you competed and all, all the sponsorships and stuff. How, so how does, you know, what is that from back then? Is that from being surrounded by entrepreneurs? Where does that, where does that come from? 
Uh, look, I, I, I equate something like that, and I've applied that level of thinking to pretty much all aspects of my life. Um, but that's right and left brain, right? That's your creative side coming up with a unique way, and then your business mind being able to connect them simultaneously. You know, um, I think people think negotiation and and business development is this very linear thing uh, when there is a lot of different ways to get a deal done uh, and a lot of creative ways to find opportunity and and an existing opportunity that you have. And I think the footwear one was a really good example. I already made a, a ton of money as a professional skateboarder with my own signature product. But I love designing shoes and I saw the path that they were doing with the designers and I just made a deal said, hey, let me go through the same process as the designers, but let me just get a royalty. And they thought it was cool. Oh, it'll be fun. Rob will design and be in the meetings. And uh, as soon as they gave me the green light, I worked my ass off to make sure that all my shoes got chosen and got developed. And then I went on to make, you know, five or six times what I ever would have made being uh, having just my one signature shoe that I got a 5% royalty on. And then I had 30 other shoes. I got a 2% royalty on But at the time. It was just a creative deal making with the owner of the company. Like, Hey, this is what I'd like to do as uh, no harm, no foul. I'll go through the process. If the sales team doesn't pick it, no big deal. If they do, I just want a royalty. And they were like, that seems cool. I mean, we don't have to risk anything. It was only after I became an amazing designer and salesman and would like uh, get everybody, all the salespeople to love my work the most that translated into an unusual balance sheet when you see the majority of your line paying a royalty out to one of your pro riders. I, I love a lot of things you just said. So I have a question then. Because I'm guessing you probably designed a lot of shoes that didn't work. So this can then translate directly into entrepreneurship when people say, oh, no, that person said no, or oh, that idea wasn't a good idea. I quit. Was there a lot of quantity, 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 quantity to then learn the quality? Or was it just you are just naturally a shoe designer? That's a uh, Look, I, I think, uh, uh, and this is to apply it in how you actually achieve something. I look at everything as as sort of systems, you know. Uh, there's sort of a cadence to everything. There's a path to success in everything that you do. You have your final output. In this case, I wanted to create top selling shoes, so uh, you had to go through a process. You you would be able to be able to by elimination look at all the things that don't work first. So you stay away from the things that don't work. Then I would go out and look into the marketplace and look at what was working the best in the marketplace. And then how do I make my version of that, right? And, and I think with anything as it relates to trying to uh, learn through failure, uh, it's just the reality that you're trying to get fully optimized, right? You got to keep trying a lot of different things with the intent of systematizing your creativity that allows you to find the same success more consistent more often you know failure is great if you use it to learn uh failure is a waste if you just keep doing the same thing over and over hoping that like oh like maybe this shoe will sell right if you're not like creating some sort of system to optimize your creation decision making and execution you're not going to elevate, grow, and hone into something that works consistent. You know? No, I love that. Using failure to learn. Too many people are too scared to fail, first of all. And second of all, it's like are their egos get in the way and they won't look at the people who blazed the path before them. And so it's yeah. kind of, I like what you said. It's like just watch and see what's, what's working for other people and then you can use your own creativity and put that through there. Uh, something else I loved you said, you said, you got among the salesmen and then you said you got them to love you. Can you talk about that process? Because that can be, that's congruent with everything. If you ask me, that's congruent with relationships. That's congruent with sales teams. That's congruent with uh, creating friendships and business relationships, etc. Are there little things? And is this from your past? Like, were you always super charismatic? Um, or is this something that you, you kept working on to get people to love you, to then use your shoes, to then make your royalties. Yeah, and, and look, and I don't, I don't. Um, uh, it wasn't a technique. It was looking at 
the entire thing holistically, right? I didn't look at it like super simply like, oh, if I designed a shoe and they like it, I could make money. It was look at the entire process, right? So it goes, now you're identifying something in the market that's working that you could make your version of. Now you teach yourself illustrator and illustration to be able to make these incredible presentations because now you are competing against other designers and the people that will make the decision on whether or not your product gets chosen are the sales team, right? So now they're more or less your audience that you have to convince and convert. So you do all of that back end of design and development and strategy and thought, preparing to present to them what they're going to find the most appealing. So now I know that the sales guy will, will love that the way this outsole is made will create a 65 point margin that they can give discounts at the bigger retailer and still keep it at a $37 price point, right? So now I learned not just how am I going to be charismatic and charming, but how am I, how am I going to implement into my strategy what the people that are ultimately going to make the decision will want to hear from me as part of that sales story. Then, and only then, would I sprinkle a little bit of razzle-dazzle on there and put on a bit of a show, right? Because your show is worthless if you don't have the substance to back it up. And you have to know your audience and you have to know your audience in detail in the sense of what they are going to need to be converted. And I don't care what that is. That just happened to be the sales team of a shoe company. That could be a consumer, a brand partner, a, a customer, whatever you're doing. Like it is the same philosophy for everything that I do, even that I used back then that I use today. So I love that it sounds like you've reverse engineered for a very long time. Like you saw your outcome and then you went through the process, like you said, and then sprinkle the razzle dazzle. I love it. Um, so I have a question in regards to your, your entrepreneurship, your investing, when you start businesses, stuff like this. Uh, are you somebody who invests mostly or creates mostly based off of your passions? Because it, like you're, you're saying all these things and I feel like what you're saying is that you get an edge because it's something that you really know and understand and then love. And then you really are able to uh, know your audience, like you said, in those specific details. Is that something you, you know, you always recommend to people is really follow what you know, follow what you love. Um, I think it's, um, I think it's, it's relative, right? You can go and learn what you don't know, but make sure you learn it before you begin to do it. Uh, or as much of it as you can, or bring in help and support to manage it, right? It's like for, we only create companies, right? My passion is the creation side. Uh, business is incredibly complex and extremely difficult. And uh, using all of these data points and milestones inside a system is how I create businesses. Because Creating a business is one of the most thrilling, exciting, amazing things in the world. Seeing a product for the first time is like, oh, like it making the market ball. But it is, it is only fun when it works, right? And I believe there is so much you can actually do to give yourself a clear shot at having a successful business and really having a, an amazing ride the whole way through. There are many stories of, of people that you know, fought for 10 years and then it finally worked. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a believer in that. Um, I really believe that, that there's scaled knowledge or from doing so many different businesses that I can now apply a system with someone that has an expertise, right. Or a knowledge of an industry. But, you know, I would start, you know, a vitamin brand with somebody that had a clear understanding of the supply chain and the distribution uh, channel that he wants to attack and how to market it there because they had another type of business in there. Um, but there's no doubt building a, a business with someone who's a first time entrepreneur is, is a lot more difficult because there is a nuance of things um, that you just can't read in a book that you can only learn by doing it. And I, and I think that's just one of the things, despite creating such a, a 
efficient and clear system, it still requires an experienced, great mind for it to actually work. I love that you say that because I think a lot of people, they go to college for business and it's like, wait a minute, you can't create a business just by reading a book. It's, it's so much that tactical part that you're saying. It's so much getting in there and finding out what does work and what distribution is and where the creative side is and who's good at, you know, all the stuff that you're not good at. And I love that you mentioned bringing in different people with different skill sets, talents, convictions. Because ultimately, like I see a lot of similar talents with you and me, like we have the creative and then instant implementation. And a lot of people are like, oh, I have this good idea. But But bringing in the people and knowing where your weaknesses lie, which brings me to my next question, which is what do you think, Rob, are your biggest and greatest strengths? Because you told me some of the things you're passionate about. But what are some things that are so strong in you that you go into whatever situation with just the utmost confidence and you uh, you know how to attack whatever the situation is, the business is, the uh, investment is, et cetera? Um, yeah, look, I, I, the, the self-belief is deeply rooted in, in having uh, many successes and many failures and fully understanding the failures and learning from all of them and continuing to grow and have many successes, right? So what that ultimately like instills in you is you really believe you can do anything, right? So uh, now it's like, I used to say, if you have the ability to do anything, right? If I'm someone that the moment I decide to do it, I get it done. It's a gift and a curse, right? Because if you have the ability to, to do anything and you do everything, you kind of end up uh, mastering nothing, you know? And so for me, it was really about how do you then take what you actually love to do the most, which for me is create. I love to create, right? Uh, but I'm my greatest gift is being able to see the micro, the very fine detail, and then the macro, the very long-term vision. Right? And, and I think that um, that unto itself is in a very unusual skill set. Then you combine that with right brain and left brain thinking where you're super creative, but you think in systems. Um, so you, you almost piece every idea together at the smallest detail and the longest vision in like a single sort of matrix look, right? And I think that's unusual. And and what that allows from someone building businesses with people is you're able to shape the entire concept at its foundational stage with the intent of what it'll be five years later when it's worth 30, 40, 50, 100 million dollars and making sure that the way you lay the foundation down prepares you for the long term and and that gift is being able to see everything holistically like there's no aspect uh, i didn't want to know my strengths and weaknesses i'm not a big believer in and understand your strengths and double down on them i'm i'm a big believer in understand what you want to master and learn every single thing there is about it uh, so that you may be deeper in the sections you have more passion with But you have got to learn every last aspect of anything that you want to do so that you can even put the right people in place to help you. If you're blind in finance and you just hire someone to do your finances, but you're completely blind, you have no idea who you just hired. You're just trusting that like, oh, this guy is an accountant and he's got knows money. He's perfect because I don't. That's my blind spot. I don't know money. Like, no, like you have to learn Every act, especially if you really want to be in business, you have to learn it all in order to even put people in place. But again, that's when I think about my superpower. It is the ability to see uh, micro and macro and how to, to, to see in creative systems to tie ideas together for short term and long term. I, I love that. I think that that's, that's super applicable to network marketing, of course. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm known as the systems girl, and it's because it's like you're saying, you could plug any of the systems I've built for the network marketing space into any company. It's, it doesn't matter because network marketing is really all one giant. I mean, it's the business that I understand better than any of the other businesses I run because I'm so involved in it. 
Um, I love that you mentioned self-belief and confidence a couple of times. And I remember hearing part of your story where you were saying like when you were younger, you just, you won a lot. Like you hadn't really been knocked down that many times. And so you had this just confidence about you, but is there something that maybe you, you tell people, you train people, you, you let people know to help build that self-confidence aside from what you said, which I did love, which is just like when you get knocked back down, like, you know, basically get back up and win something, do something, win, get, get good at something. Yeah, look, I think there's a lot of layers to this, right? Because I think um, the people that aren't born with it, it's this aloof, elusive, unattainable, they don't even believe it exists type of vibe, you know? And and for me, uh, because I was born with it, but then reinforced it at a very early age, um, that it became my foundation. So I had a foundation of deep self-belief that I got to start at, right? And and I, I think no matter what the stage is, you have to begin to build, uh, lay down the bricks of belief. Uh, you can't just like have zero belief in yourself and then all of a sudden like, I'm going to practice this technique to be believing in myself. The only way that you can be- believe in yourself is when you can begin to uh, decide what you're going to do and build a plan and do it decide what you're going to do, build a plan and do it. That is the only way, because basically your entire existence is this entire thing of things that you want to do, then a pathway to get there and then doing them. And I don't care if it's a job, if it's a business, a life that you want to leave, a sport, a hobby, there is an aspect of defining what it is you want to do and then actually going and do it gives you the confidence that the next thing you go and design and do that you're actually going to go and do, right? And I, I think for me, the difference was it was extremely accelerated at a young age where, where you know, I just got so good at everything I tried. Then it was like, oh, like, and this was on an athletic side, that then I decided, oh, I'm going to be a professional skateboarder, and that's it. At at 14 years old, and you're a professional by 16, right? So it's like that type of um, sort of big moment at such an early age uh, really lays that foundation. And then again, as you get older and you evolve, it is taking shots. Uh, taking risk and then them them coming alive is where you begin to lay down the lifetime work of building belief in yourself the same way for you why do you have so much belief and confidence in your network marketing systems because you went through years of, of trial and error to ultimately develop them to know what is what works the best and what's the most consistent so now you could scream loud and proud I'm one of the best at this because this is how I do it and this is why it works because you know where you built the, you would just call it like, I'm confident in my game, but really your knowledge and, and trial by fire and learning and evolution helped establish that, that you have today. And everybody has to do that, you know? And when you, if we put it on that micro network marketing level, you gotta, like, if you can figure out how to consistently, uh, find people and convert them like and then you're confident in your ability to convert and and get brand partners and get customers once you once you get the confidence in there then you're you believe in the entire thing you think the whole thing works like you love network marketing you believe like every time you talk to somebody here's the pathway to get to them and if it doesn't happen oh it's only half the time i know every person i talk to i'm gonna get one one out of every other you know it's like you have to build that piece of it to actually become confident if you automatically go in thinking i hope this works like you're you're when it doesn't you're gonna be like oh i knew it if it does it's like oh that's cool like you have to build your pathways and trust in yourself to build confidence long term especially if you don't have so you're going into like quantum physics on like a on a whole other level like you're you're speaking my language uh and there's so much of this self-belief like you actually said some i mean even that ending thought about you know oh i hope it works uh, uh when you were talking about 
hey, I'm good at athletics. I just, I just decided I'm going to be a professional skateboarder. And then boom, 16 years old, I'm a professional skateboarder. You know, and I feel like a lot of your life from what I know, and you can, of course, correct me if I'm wrong. So much of it is you had it up here first. I'm pointing to my head for those of you who are listening to the podcast. You had it up here first. You saw it. You had that, that macro where you saw what your life was going to look like. You knew you were going to have this amazing marriage. You knew you were going to have successful businesses. You knew you were going to be a professional athlete. Like you, you knew all these things. A lot of my people are very woke as well and love talking about energy. Do you want to kind of hit a little bit on that? Maybe for people who are still trying to build that confidence or that belief that they do create their own reality. Yeah, look, I'm, 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 think you have to practice it as well. And you, the only way you really believe it is when it's super clear to you. When you try to put out some big idea that you don't fully understand, it's impossible for you to ultimately believe it. You know, even the way that I manage my life today, like I'm, I, it is so detailed on how I'm going to achieve like what I consider uh, building my ultimate reality or building my life, you know, I call it thriving, right? Like building the life. Um, I have every single detail, including the entire path. To me, it is now not a matter of if I'm going to do it, but which, what are the things that are going to happen along the way that get me there? Right. And, and then, and then it's, it's, so now you're deeply clear. So it's so much easier for you to believe in, and where you're headed now, you need progress. You need proof, right? And the the progress that you make towards that clear goal now begins to build confidence and instill even more belief in what you're setting out to achieve in the first place. And then you have to practice belief, right? Because the reality of it is, is there's all of these um, X like. X factors that come into your life that'll be a part of that could tug on that belief that you even have. And you've got to learn to become aware to erase them from your existence, right? And that's people, that's certain things. It's like, um, you know, for me, if I drink too much or I eat bad for a certain amount of time, it'll tug on like my, my deeper belief in my entire mission, right? Uh, it's a super interesting like uh, effect physically of what it will, will do to me. All of the, these X factors that were financial and relationship related, like I cleared them completely out, right? To where I don't even have things that disrupt sort of this flow state that's progressing towards my super clear goals and dreams. And then I practice an even deeper level of belief where, you know, I meditate every day and just feel like I'm living in the moment of them being achieved, right? I, I stopped even, you know, I spent some time with the great uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza and it was, it was just in passing, it was just this nuance of like, don't like put a vision to what you want, like feel it. Like be in your body and feel what it does. And and now I've just applied super specific outcomes and then meditate on what it feels like when I'm there. So the, the actual the actual output, and this is years in the making in a very refined, very optimized, insane life. Um, that most people, uh, like you were saying, you thought a funny guy on TV, what's he going to say? Uh, even the people that know my depth would be mind blown if they saw how I actually operate it, right? But it's, it's output at the top is I almost never, ever have even an, an, a negative thought about anything I'm doing. So if you can imagine now an existence where you have learned to optimize the way that you think that you don't even have negative thoughts, right? That is a very unusual layer to get to. And that isn't through practice of, oh, I'm just going to be positive. That is virtually getting so clear on what you want to do and then eliminating all things that could ever affect that actual belief system 
to live in a world where you're constantly making progress and total belief in what you're going to achieve, right? It's a, a much deeper level, but you have to design it and get clearer and clearer to actually get to that level in the first place. I'm so thankful you hit on a lot of that. I'm so thankful you mentioned, uh, you know, the no negative thoughts because so many people, they, maybe they visualize it. And I, oh, I love that you said you have to feel it. You know, you can't just say, oh, I see myself on the beach in Hawaii. Like you got to feel what that's actually like. And then not allowing the negative thoughts to come in. Cause so many people, it's like boom, derailed. Let me say this before we move to that. When I think about being on the beach in Hawaii and feeling like what it is, right? Like, and feeling the sun and feeling how I feel of like how happy I am to be running around. When I, the, the way that I create belief is not that like, oh, my business is successful. So I get a, um, I get a vacation. It is like, it is behind when I get to this metric with the business, that means I'm going to have this much in profitability. In order to do that, I need to do this over the next four months. At the end of this next four months, that means I'm going to have this much money. I've already identified the hotel, the flights, the cost, the entire trip is 4,200. I know if I do this on the boat, like I will have 4,200 and then that's when I'm going to go to the beach. Right. Like that, that is never thinking if you just think of the output and not the exact steps that you're going to get there, you're just you're having a fantasy. You're just like, oh, it would feel amazing. I feel amazing in the sun. But you don't have not one bit of you believes how you're actually going to get there. You're just hoping. Right. That's to me, everything that you ever want to achieve and get has to have that level of path to it, then by by putting yourself there and seeing you uh, achieve the steps that got you there, then the feeling that got you there, that is actually how you manifest belief and ultimately create reality. <laughs> you do it by just like wishing, you know. Oh, so good. I think a lot of you need to rewind that because that is exactly... That's everything. That's how you reverse engineer your life and it becomes your actual reality. It's so powerful. And I just have a question then about that. Like, is that, are you somebody where you, you do that? You see exactly what resort, you see exactly where it is. You, th you know, you plan out all of these extra details and then it's like, you'll only take that experience once you earn it. Are you one of those people or how does, how does your mind work around that? How do you have a reward system for yourself with all of the different projects you work on? Um, I, you know, I don't, I, it's, it's really weird, right? Because the, um, I, I have, if you can imagine the second layer above that is the entire system. So the forget about that would be like a super micro thing inside the big system that is basically this, what I would, I consider it thriving, but it's ultimately where you're living this fully optimized, complex, effortless complexity, where you basically get to live a life that is, you're, you're like a feather, you're weightless. So it doesn't matter what happens, right? So I design the system. So everything that I create is basically to run my life machine and my, my life system. So when I look at a, a reward, I, I look at it as like, have I made progress enough in my entire life system that I could go in my case, you know, I bought a $20,000 cell phone number, right? And, you know, a $150,000 watch, right? Like I, I would only do it. I, once I had grown the system in a way, right? Like, you know, even, even when I make like, you know, last year I made a, a pretty substantial amount of money, but my, all I used it for was my system. Right. I had already planned and designed the system five years earlier, and I've been progressing towards getting the system to where I basically am fully optimized and living effortless for the rest of my life that um, 
But part of that, I didn't look at it like, oh, you had this big year. I just look at it like, okay, cool. You just leapfrogged uh, three years on your plan. And now instead of it being a 10-year plan, it's now a seven-year plan, right? Like that's the, the beauty of having designing what you want out of life first and then building everything inside that life that ladders up to create that life, right? And that's that sort of, you know, it's a much more complex thing to do. I, I think, especially depending on what age you are and, and sort of like where you are at and being able to define what type of life that you want. Um, but it is certainly, the moment I stopped looking at things separately, uh, especially life and business, and I just decided like, no, I'm going to re-engineer the exact life that I want. And then you slowly begin um, getting deeper and deeper and deeper into the specifics of what that life is. Um, and it's like the clarity at this level, you know, you get to a point where you it's not possible to do a five-year plan um, because you see so long-term. It's hard for you to do... Um, anything other than a 10 year plan because it's you, you time has slowed down because you have so much clarity. You then also know how long it will take to achieve most of this. So it, it, and there's none of it that you need to change because it's so clear to you that this is going to be what you're going to do. It just, it stretches everything out on what you expect to achieve and what the time is. Then you work your butt off and, and, Pro- progress towards it and these little things happen out of nowhere that accelerates you towards that uh and what does that do god makes you that much more confident makes gives you that much more belief makes you feel that much more that this is this isn't a matter of if but a matter of when yep. right and yep. it all starts again with complete and total clarity on where you are going every single day how often do you adjust those long-term macro visions that you're talking about? Since, like you said, you just leapfrogged three years. How often yeah. are? How often is this changing? It's funny, like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I look at them every quarter, right? So I have this 2020. I call it, you know, for for every year because I change that. Like the big buckets don't change. But sort of these micro things kind of change along the way. And it and it's it's super fascinating because I do it every quarter and I call it, you know, the 2020 five-year, 10-year plan Q1. So then it's like, you know, this year, you know, I'm referring to this year as the decade of mastery, right? So it's like, you know, I put a name to the entire decade. Um, my goal is to be a billionaire by the end of this decade, right? And, You'll do it. Um, I'm looking in, and, and it's a, actually a pretty simple path for me. I create businesses that, um, that are built to scale between 50 and 250 million in value. My system, um, creates them at the co-founding stage where I own, um, between 50 and 60% at onset and through capital staging by the time they're acquired or at scale, I should own between 20 and 40% of everything. So that means I really only have to do that, um, you know, 15 or 20 times to be a billionaire. And I already have, uh, 11 of them in play, right? So it's like, and my goal is to do five or six a year. I have five in development right now. Right. And I don't know if I'll, I could, I could have one that makes me a billionaire in two years, but I would never, okay, cool. I hit it, but it's not the, it's just the passion for how I actually create each one of these and that they actually grow and find success is all I really care about. Right. It's like the, I know the financial rewards is part of the goal, but the truth is that I want to be so, uh, I want my legacy to be the system and the consistency by which I um, curated ideas and other entrepreneurs and built these amazing thriving businesses with them over and over and over again. So I love all of these, these habits you clearly have, you know, the meditation, the visualizing, running your businesses, knowing exactly where you're going to go, where you're going to go with this. I have a question because obviously you're a parent, like I mentioned, and I want to talk a little bit about 
your household in general, like how you see this affect, like how you see all of these good things that can help everybody in the world, how you're seeing them manifest into the way your children are seeing the world as they start to get, they're still really little, but uh, I know they're, I mean, I see them all over Instagram, you know, how, how their life is being impacted simply by the way their parents are seeing their, their reality. Yeah, but, but also think when I, when I build that giant bubble of what type of life do I want to live? They're in there. It starts first with what type of life do you want? Right. There's a, and to me, I didn't, I, I don't set out to try to be balanced. I designed balance, right? Like I get up every morning at four thirty or five, depending on what time I went to bed. Um, you know, I take that time before the kids get up at seven, right. To where like now I can do my much deeper work in the mornings there before any calls and anything. Of course, when I first get up, I rate my sleep, uh, I rate how motivated I am. And then uh, I the previous day, how I felt about my life, work and health, plus or minus on a diet, diet's binary to me, plus or minus. Um, and then I have four things I do every day. I, I get up at five, brain train, um, uh, meditate. Um, and what's the fourth one? Um, Oh, and then in the gym, right? So it's like, they're the core four that keep me balanced. So I just, I have all this data and collect it in the mornings just to keep me honest, right? Like if you are are forcing yourself like and get into the habit of, of tracking yourself, you become way more consistent with your habits rather than like going high and low. Um, And then, you know, I'm, uh, send my wife an email every single morning of every single thing I'm doing that day and sort of what it means to me with a nice love quote. So when she wakes up, she wakes up to total clarity on what I'm doing in that day, right? Because in our communication as husband and wife, like I would, I do so much and are constantly moving. She'll like just hear about something I'm doing from me talking to somebody and I'll be like, Oh no, I told you, you know, all this. And, and again, it was like just a simple feeling of her like missing out or not fully understanding when am I coming home? When am I leaving? What am I doing that day? Give them the schedule. And, and just now a lot of people think that's crazy. Like, Oh, that's a lot of work to do. But to me, it's like, no, it's part of my habit in my system and it keeps our family deeply balanced. Right. And then what do I do? I wake these kids up with song and dance every single day and almost every single day of their lives. It was like, you can do anything. Why? And they said, because I believe in myself, Dana. Right. And I think ultimately trying to build that foundation of, of beginning to foster self-belief, especially when like they're trying to do something like encouraging them to keep trying. And then when they do do it, you see that you just had to believe in yourself. You believe in yourself. I can do anything. I believe in me, daddy. Right. It's like, it's trying to ultimately take, Hey, this is such this huge part of like my success and life. Like how do I instill that in, in our kids? Right. And that sort of uh, aspect of like, okay, then we get them up every single day and, even our weeks are, are um, you know, completely balanced where, you know, I don't just have, uh, you know, I have movie nights, I have breakfast dates, I have Sunday night date dinners, like, like even the rhythm of the week uh, with the family, you know, I'm always home most of the time to put the kids to bed, take Coda to school every single day, pick him up on Fridays, like try to create, you know, this deep rhythm throughout the week that is super consistent that my entire you know even when i i create my shooting schedule i create my business uh schedule for my business to overlap when i'm not shooting so even when i change uh and i'm shooting my schedule does not get get disrupted and that i still um, my date nights and my morning breakfast, right? And then me and Brianna meet twice a week um, to just go through life and everything that's happening. Then we meet once a week with um, 
the two assistants to then go through an entire uh, hot sheet of and plan out the next you know few weeks um, to make sure that we are just always on the same page and everything is deeply communicated. Um, and then we do a family meeting every Sunday. Uh, we just started doing that where we say what we're grateful for and all you know, this really cute stuff. And the, the, my daughter's just like, my birthday, my birthday. You know, but it's, it's again, um, creating this life. And at the top of the, the year, um, do, do an entire year calendar of like, here's sort of the rhythm of the year and, and here's all the, uh, sort of constants that are going to happen. But then, then inside this beautiful system, you have the ultimate freedom. You know, I could, you know, when I'm just kind of tired a little bit, I just cancel the rest of the day and go pick up Brianna and let's go get an early dinner and still go to all of our regular date nights, but still do everything I can because you don't want to have this much success and not be balanced and happy. Right. Like your goal isn't to like hit a number. Your goal is to be happy and be balanced and love your life. Right. And, and I think that, um, you know, you can still be uh, extremely driven, work incredibly hard and have giant goals um, and be balanced the entire way through. I, I think there is an incredible myth um, to like this idea of. Um, you have to work uh, 6 a.m. to midnight uh, every night to achieve success. Then you'll, you know, the whole idea of like work, do now what others wouldn't do so you can live the rest of your life doing whatever you want, right? There's just all of these sort of like aspects of of entrepreneurialism and just, just sort of mindset stuff of what it takes. Um, and your goal is to be happy. And if you don't understand even what that would be, um, and you don't even uh, define what what perfect life would be and what a balanced life would even look like, um, you can't even you can't expect to find it because you just don't know. You've got to define it, right? And and, and I think for me, it's been um, I have even clarity on like. You know, one thing I also do, which is, you know, again, given the layers of insanity is this year I've been tracking what I do every hour. Right. So I'm because I want to see, OK, what do you spend all of your time doing? Right. And then where where are you going to, like, give time back when you want to when your kids get older? Where are you going to give time back to uh, spend less time um working on television and more time on business stuff like and then where are you going I'm really trying to like understand like where I spend time exactly and then where does it give me the most energy right because it's like the idea of your ultimately you know you you know when you have that extra bit of like like energy from something is you're just excited to do it. You just enjoy doing it. You're maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a thing you're doing, something that gives you energy versus when you got to do something that takes it. And, and it's like, I'm really trying to get to the, the point of optimizing my entire existence to where I can live a life where I don't ever do one thing that takes energy from me. And if I do do it, I do it in a really small dose uh, because I have no choice, right? And to me, the only way that I can ultimately do that is to begin to have a deeply intuitive understanding of exactly all that I do and how much time I spend doing it um, to, again, eventually get to my thriving and my ultimate life. I love all of that. I think everybody should re-listen to that whole section. I thank you for taking the time to go through, you know, things with your babies every day. And I, I love that you email. I don't think it's a waste of time to send an email to Brianna or your partner, whoever, whoever's listening to this and let them know what your day is. I don't want to, Hey, Hey, definitely not a waste of time. I'm saying like most people, no, 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 not, you don't think it's a waste of time. Most people might be like, what? Like you said, some people are like, Hold, that's a lot of time. Like that is so fundamental because especially as achievers, it's like 
sometimes you don't even realize it until like you said, you know, maybe Brianna was like, Hey, like that small misunderstanding of what are we, what's going on? I love that your whole family is on the same page. And so for those of you who maybe are parents or are trying to have a more healthy relationship and create your own definition of balance, thanks for um, outlining that. I think that was I think that was incredibly, incredibly powerful. Um, I do respect your time. So I just have one more question for you, if you're all right with that. Cool. I just want to know if there was one tip to success that you think would just totally change the game for the people who are listening to this and sharing this out. And by the way, if you have not yet screenshot this, put it in your Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, stories and tag myself and Rob Deardick, please do that. And if you are following the podcast, the letter of this podcast, I know you don't know what I'm talking about, Rob, is N. And we'll say N for no negativity. It worked so perfectly for your episode. I'm so pumped. Thanks for going on that. No, it's like you, you know, we manifested that N was going to be your letter or something. But um, I would love for you guys to make sure you write down N. And then if Rob, if you could give us one last final tip, maybe something that just shifted so much in your world, I would really appreciate it. Uh, you, you know, look, I, I don't know if I'm like a single tip uh, type of person as I, uh, you know, will basically be repeating what I've said over and over. But, um, you know, again, I, I think the absolute key to happiness, I don't care what it is, uh, is deeply defining um, whatever the output is of whatever you're hoping to achieve. And then deeply defining every step of the way to get there and learning all aspects of it so you believe you can actually achieve it, right? Because whether it's life, a business, customers, um, anything, like you have to be able to have deep clarity on whether or not you're going to get there. And in in a not so positive way, you also have to understand if you're on a pathway to something and it's clear that you're not going to get there, you've got to know why and choose something else or make an adjustment. You know? oh, that, and you've got to believe. I love that. Rob Deerdick, you are not just a funny man who jumps in water with sharks and all kinds of crazy psychotic things. You are so talented and so smart and so humble. I appreciate you taking the time today to be a guest on The People's Mentor. Thank you for just outlining so many good things on here. I know you are a busy man with quite the schedule, so I appreciate being on your schedule today. And I hope all of you listening got value as I did today. I have pages and pages of notes from none other than Rob Deerdick. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.